Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is up, everybody? My dudes and my dudettes. Back here on the Simon Valley Trip podcast, your FMF podcast for fitness, music, and food. And I've been away for months now. It seems like ages. And it only took a partial tear on the biceps tendon of my left arm to sit my ass back here and start doing the podcast again, which I love doing. Unfortunately, time, stress, and my own procrastinating nature keep me away from it. And But it feels good to start doing this. Again, especially to finish the whole Alphabet collection of podcasts that I put together. And I was checking on my messages on SoundCloud, which is the platform where I get the most response, the most engagement, at least, with people messaging back. With uh, the last episode that I did with the letter D, where I talked about depression, about my own experience with depression and how to battle depression. I got a good, good amount of people reaching out and asking me, you know, to continue doing this, that they have felt victim of depression and they're in a very dark, dark place in life and music, listening to podcasts, doing their own research has helped them out a lot. So in my personal experience, it's the same. Once I started listening to podcasts like the Tim Ferriss podcast, the Joe Rogan podcast, and started discovering so many people out there that have so many useful information for certain conditions, for certain circumstances that you can be in life, for inspiration, for motivation, you know, if you listen or watch David Goggins talk on any of the platforms that he's been on any of the podcasts, if you don't get a fire lit up your ass and at least go and run for or want to go and run for two miles or do some pull-ups or some push-ups or some burpees, there's something fucking wrong with you. And I think we can all use all these platforms and all these sources of information to kind of reroute our lives, trying to get back on whatever path that um, we veered off from, and really just find inspiration in yourself, because that's the most important thing. We need to find the inspiration from within ourselves, and we got to stay disciplined. Because we can listen to these podcasts, we can watch these shows, and we can watch these guys and these uh, female, whatever, as athletes, entrepreneurs, give us all these messages and, you know, tell us, relay their stories. But if we don't take matters in our own hands, nothing is going to happen. You can be as motivated as fuck, but if you're not disciplined and you're not doing and taking action... It's very hard. And from talking from personal experience, I suffer from that. I listen to these cats and get super inspired and motivated, but it's very hard to stay disciplined. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's injuries, 
like what hap- whatever happens in jiu-jitsu, this injury that I just suffered was uh, at jiu-jitsu. Sometimes I get, I've gotten injured doing yoga, calisthenics, running, at work, after a gig, uploading the amp in the car. Sometimes it's just excuses. You make up excuses just to not do what you have to do. You are procrastinating on a daily basis, leaving everything for last minute. And once it starts hitting you in the ass, then you start realizing, if I don't get my shit together very soon, in a blink of an eye, it's going to be five, ten years, and I'm going to be in a fucking hole. People are going to turn their backs on me because they're tired of waiting for me to really show up and really do what I'm supposed to do. So I think it's we, we need to use all this vast amount of information that we have available every single day on our phones, on our computers, on our TVs, wherever it is, and really put put in put in some some sort of plan in action. Get the wheels rolling and rolling and slowly start getting back on track with life. One recommendation that I always give my patients from uh, the pain clinic, the pain clinics that, that I work at, is start with smart small goals. Don't go for broke at the first try. Don't sign up to do a 5K tomorrow if you haven't been running or training for the last three years. Don't get the insanity DVDs or try to sign up for like the less miles, less mills, um, cardio workout plans if you haven't done any cardio and conditioning in the past year. Take it easy on yourself. Let your body adapt. Let your muscles adapt to this new physical activity that you're putting on because if you go and try to run eight miles today, Tomorrow, not only you're going to be sore, but you're going to feel very discouraged. Not that you can't run eight miles today. You can go out and run them, but tomorrow you're going to feel like shit. And it's probably going to last like a week, and then you're not going to go and run again. Unless you're David Goggins crazy, and you get up tomorrow again with all the pain, with all the soreness, and do eight more miles, and then start building up. But I recommend you start small start walking get your heart a little pump then start jogging and then you start counting miles or time you know time or distance it really doesn't matter as long as you put the effort in it and all these little accomplishments are little positive messages that the brain is now sending to the body telling the body we're fucking good we got this we can do this And that will keep you away from procrastination, from uh, depression. It can really help plan your life around it. Now you have an excuse, a real excuse or a real reason to wake up half an hour earlier or an hour earlier to get your workout in because then you have to go to work and then after work you need to pick up the kids. And when you get home at 7, 38 o'clock, when you're done putting your kids in bed, it's 9.30, 10 o'clock. Nobody wants to go out 
for a run at that time. The day is over. Your body is now asking for a rest. So try to wake up earlier in the morning. Give yourself an extra 45 minutes, an hour to get in a solid run or a, a little workout, a little pump or a little yoga flow to settle for the day. Try a five minutes meditation and then go at it. So without further ado, today is the letter E. We have three interesting uh, topics, three words for fitness. The words are exercise, endurance, and emotions. Because believe it or not, emotions play a big factor in our level of fitness. The music... It's all artists and songs by the letter E. We're going to have some eminent tracks, Everclear, Everlast, Evanescence, Eurythmics, Elvis Costello. We have a couple of U2 songs, some Pearl Jam, some Guns N' Roses, some Foo Fighters, even some Weird Al. Eat it! Eat it! Remember that video? Okay, so for food, I'm going to give you a recipe to make an eggplant sandwich we're gonna talk i'm gonna talk a little bit on the debate uh, about eggs if eggs are or not a superfood and the last word is effort so let's get to it first word of the day by the letter e is exercise so the definition of exercise is an activity requiring physical effort carried out to sustain or improve health and fitness. Exercise can be aerobic or anaerobic. Aerobic exercises are sustained exercises as jogging, rowing, swimming, or cycling that stimulate and strengthen the heart and lungs, thereby improving the body's utilization of oxygen. Anaerobic exercises are any short-duration exercise powered primarily by metabolic pathways that do not use oxygen. Such pathways produce lactic acid resulting in soreness in your muscles. Examples include sprinting and heavy weight lifting. What are the benefits of exercising? And this is something that we've known since we were kids, since we were in elementary school, And, of course, we still know it, but it's very, very hard sometimes to get people into exercising because of their work, because of their daily schedule, or just because they are immersed in a sedentary lifestyle. So the benefits of exercise are improvement of mood, It decreases or alleviates depression and anxiety and any kind of stress. It increases brain sensitivity for serotonin and norepinephrine or noradrenaline. It stimulates or increases the production of endorphins, and that's why doing exercise or going after a workout or intense training session leaves you with a high. A lot of people talk about the runner's high, And some runners, once they start running a lot and get into a very, very solid training regime, 
say that they have to at least in one session reach between 7 10 miles to get that high so the first 7 10 miles is just running jogging centered on feeling that high and once that high kicks in they say they can run for another 10 12 miles and then slowly start coming down maybe turn back head home or head to the starting point exercise also promotes weight loss and for that it's important to understand relationship between exercise and energy expenditure and also caloric intake it's very hard to lose weight when you're eating like a fucking savage so you need to adapt your eating regime and the amount of calories that you're eating dependent on what your type of training is like if you're training for a triathlon you should stay away from heavy and processed foods you should stay um you should increase of course hydration and supplements and foods that are not as heavy as like steak and eating heavy poultry all the time as a source of protein exercises also exercise also increase uh, levels of energy you always feel better when you're in a workout regime or in a training program exercise reduce the risk of chronic disease by improving insulin sensitivity it improves cardiovascular fitness body composition it lower it can lower blood pressure and the amount of uh, fat levels in the blood exercising provides skin health benefits in a way uh, it presents as an anti- antioxidant protects protects against uh, it's an antioxidant it promotes antioxidant uh, protection it improves blood circulation and it helps the brain health and memory how exercise stimulates the production of hormones that can embrace growth of brain cells and can produce growth in the size of the hippocampus which is vital for memory learning and also thermoregulation and emotions exercise always helps with relaxation and sleep when i'm on a steady training regime if some of you follow me you see that when i'm at my peak physically mentally my mood everything is better is when i'm doing my three mats a day and those days consist of waking up at 4 4:30 doing like a 5 minute meditation a little warm up get in a good workout that's my first mat the gym mat second mat would be my yoga doing a little 15 20 minute session after that workout and then the third mat is the jiu jitsu mat and after that after i roll after i go and train jiu jitsu i do yoga again but that's a three mats a day and that's investing around one half three almost four hours a day 
in my fitness, which also produce a great, great mental health. My mood is better. My energy is better. The way I interact with people is way, way better. And exercise also can reduce pain and it can promote a better sex life. Who doesn't want to have better sex in their life? Everybody wants good sex. Everybody wants to live free of pain. Everybody wants to sleep good. Everybody wants to feel relaxed and not stressed out. Everybody wants to stay sharp mentally. Everybody wants to look good. Everybody wants to feel good. Well, we got to exercise, people. I tore my biceps on Friday morning, like I said, and Sunday, I was already going bananas because I wasn't able, I'm not able to do anything. I can't do yoga, I can't do calisthenics, I can't push, I can't pull. Fortunately enough, the tear is partial, so I don't need surgery. I don't know if I said that before, but I can repeat myself today because I am under heavy natural medicine. You know what I mean. Powered by green. Um, so Monday, I, I just had to go for a run. And I was like, I, I need to do this or I'm going to go absolutely crazy. And I went, I ran for six miles and it felt amazing. I'm still a little bit sore because I haven't been running for a while, but I'm going to be with uh, an arm brace for approximately six weeks where I can't do yoga, I can't do jiu-jitsu, I can't do calisthenics, I can't even play the guitar. The doctor recommended me to pick up the guitar after four weeks. I'm going to start doing some active stretching two weeks from now and then at four weeks I can pick up the guitar and then at six weeks I can go back slowly to all my workout regime to doing my yoga my jiu-jitsu my calisthenics and everything else so take care of yourself if you injure yourself especially when you start working out take good care never underestimate the use of uh, temperature, cold and hot uh, compression, using a little bit of stretching, good sleep, good nutrition, and don't push it, don't push to come back too soon because I think that's why we hurt ourselves so often. We push a little bit too soon and then we just accumulate a bunch of little nagging injuries that have have us in pain, and it's almost like systemic pain. Now your shoulder hurts because you never fixed that rotator cuff little tension that you have. Now your lower back hurts because you pull your hamstring three months ago and you came back to training or to working out too soon without giving that hamstring the adequate rest and the, the good stretching and building up the, the strengthening of the muscle in a, in, uh, a good rehab program so never underestimate the use of temperature and rehab coming back 
slowly. The second word of the day is endurance. And the definition of endurance is the ability to withstand hardship or adversity. Ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. For example, marathon runners, right? Literally, it's endurance is how much can you push yourself to finish a specific task under stress. Pressure and I guess against certain external elements. And we, when we talk about that, we can talk about people that run marathons, triathlons, ultra marathons especially the guys that run ultramarathons. They have to they have to run day and night. There are 100, 200, 300 mile races that will keep you running and these people, these competitors literally take 60 second naps, like 1 minute naps. And they just go at it again. And they're falling asleep while they're running. But they will not stop. That's fucking endurance. I was just watching the documentary of the Iron Cowboy. James Lawrence. Who said that after he did one triathlon or a marathon. He said... This is not pushing my physical or mental boundaries. I have to find something else. And then he went and ran 50... Was it 50 Ironmans or 50 triathlons? I think it's the same. In 50 states... And one on each state in 50 days. And he had to deal with a bunch of external elements such as weather such as the location where he went just the first day or second day he started in Hawaii and the police stopped them over when they were I think running or on the bikes because they were taking over the road and people were literally forced or complaining that they were forced to to go on the other side of the road then in the Midwest he found some heavy weather a bunch of rain so he had to do some of the of the biking indoors and that was driving him crazy because he wanted to bike and run outdoors then because he was breaking down he was supplementing with ivs and people turn against him on social media blasting him telling like you're a fucking joke you're just an egomaniac blah 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 you're obsessed, you have obsessive compulsive disorder, they just bash this guy down. Why? Because he was supplementing with IVs, and they consider that like doping. First of all, he was just running to raise money, and his goal was a million dollars to raise uh, for a foundation that's trying to help kids with obesity. And these people just went hammering on him because he was using a fucking IV, accusing him of cheating, of doping, and all that shit. But, oh, we didn't have a problem um, cheering Lance Armstrong, who has been, his career has been pretty much tainted since the beginning. Everybody thought he was 
cheating. Everybody thought he was doping. Multiple, multiple, multiple tests. All the committees were after him, and he always found a way to cheat all those tests. But we still we still cheered for the guy because, oh, USA won in the fucking Tour of Italy and the Tour de France. and But now this guy tries to do it in home soil and we bash him down because he's supplementing with IVs. And the whole cycling sport has been tainted for years full of cheaters that made money, millions, sponsorships, livelihood out of cheating covering up for all the cheaters and encouraging the cheating. And you know what's sad? James Lawrence, uh, this Iron Cowboy guy, only got to raise $75,000 out of the million dollars that he had projected. Along the way, uh, on on the, the path of him uh, finishing these 50 Ironman in 50 days, there were some people that, He's scheduled to run the last 5K of the running portion with public, with anybody that wanted to join him in that particular state where he was he was running. And in some states, he didn't get any support, any people running with him because of all these accusations and how people turned against him. Not even because he was doing it for such a great cause. People got behind him and could have said, like, you know what? He's not competing under the Olympic Committee rules. He's not competing under Ironman sanction or anything like that. He's just doing this to raise some money to help kids. You know how many obese kids we have in this country? You know how big the uh, type 2 diabetes problem is in the States because of how bad our kids are being nurtured, shoved sugar down their fucking throats every day at their house, by their parents, at school, everywhere. The next time you go to the grocery store, look around. Look around the carts. Look around the carts and take notice of how much sugar parents are feeding their kids. How little amount of vegetables and fruits you see on those carts. Why? Because most of the space is taken by processed food, sweet, artificially sweetened juices, and that's how they get their fruits. All kinds of sodas, pasta, flowers, all kinds of bad shit. And snacks. People live of Kids live out of snacks here in this country. My little girls are like the hippies at their school because they eat seaweed and granola and trail mix. And the kids don't want to exchange lunch with them because all they have is Lunchables and salamis and a bunch of cheese-covered fake crackers and all that kind of shit. So I think that James Lawrence was super, super um, maybe unlucky to do this on the social media era. And I think it's not justified that that people turned uh, against him. Fortunately enough, there's a lot of people in the, in the endurance 
community, endurance athletes community that have embraced him and what he did and helped him raise a little bit more money. And he's out there still. I follow him on Instagram and every fucking day that guy is running, swimming, cycling, doing something. And he's always trying to inspire people. His documentary is on Netflix. It's called Iron Cowboy. Please, if you're listening to this, check that out because that guy is a pretty good example of what the mind can do even when the body is broken down when that switch flips and you just fucking go for it autopilot the mind is driving that's when we are at our best that's when we can reach our peaks and once we go there once we want to go there again and again, and again, and again, until we are just hooked on that high. Everything that we want to do is to produce that high. To just like shift gears and be the kick-ass person that, that we can be. You know, so continuing here with the definition and everything I'm going to talk about, endurance... There's a, just a couple of questions that I've I've asked myself sometimes, like how much time can I endure or you endure in a in an ice cold water or an ice bath? I did two minutes when I did the Wim Hof training a few months ago, and it was a fairly it wasn't chilly day in L.A. It was probably 68 something like that. The water was around. I think they said 450 degrees, something like that. Two minutes with a bunch of other grown men holding hands, shivering and freezing our asses out. I also did a glacier in Denver. And that was probably, I was, it took me almost a minute to swim to shore. And I was in the water before I started swimming like, 10 seconds so yeah I've, I've had my experience but it's it's a it's a big shock how much time can you endure running in the desert how long can you run without just stopping how long until you walk out of a toxic relationship how long until you break down how many push-ups how many pull-ups squats crunches or burpees can you do in a 24-hour period you know david goggins has the pull-up records 4030 and that was the first time that he tried it then in 17 hours he did 4210 pull-ups there is a guy though His name is Andrew Shapiro. He claims that he did 7,306 pull-ups in 15 hours. That is one bad kid. 17-year-old. Holy shit. He must be jacked as shit. I'm going to take a look here. See if I can find a picture of Mr. Andrew Shapiro. I wish I had this set up like Joe Rogan and you guys can could see the picture on 
YouTube. This kid's not even jacked. Like, Dave Goggins is fucking ripped. And he used to be a super heavy guy. But this kid is just skinny. He's probably... Man. This kid is probably like... 170 pounds, 175 max. Yeah, 7,306 in 15 hours. That's fucking crazy. The way that uh, David Goggins did his was he would do five pull-ups and then rest until the minute mark, and then start again. So he would do, literally, that would be 60, that would be 300 pull-ups an hour. What he was doing. This kid, he just decimated that. And apparently he's going on 10,000 pull-ups now, because he has smashed three world records already. Fucking crazy, Andrew Shapiro, you are a beast. Now let's talk a little bit about the toughest endurance races that are around the world. So there is the Jungle Ultra. That's over 142.6 miles through the Peruvian, Peruvian jungle. Which means it's humid as fuck. The level of hydration and nutrition that you need for this one has to be on point. The Alaska Mountain Wilderness Challenge. Over 100 miles of wild Alaskan terrain. Not to mention the fact that there's a bunch of predators there that are going to eat your ass if you don't move out of the way. And you have the Ruta de los Conquistadores. It's over 161 miles. The race across America starts... Starts here in California from Oceanside. The biking portion is 3,000 miles. It goes from Oceanside, California to Annapolis, Maryland. The winners average 22 hours a day on their bikes, doing between 250 350 miles a day. To complete and under the 12-day limit. So they have a 12-day limit to complete the race across America on their bikes. Then there's the self-transcendence. 3,100 miles. Holy shit. So it's all running. So runners must cover 3,100 miles in 52 days. By completing 5,649 mind numbing laps around one city block. Holy psychos, if you do that. That is just insane. And I imagine if that shit is in, um, in New York. Oh my god. Gosh, where is this? The 20, it's called the Everest of Ultramarathons. And I fucking knew it. 
They do it in Jamaica, Queens, in Queens, New York. 3,100 miles around one city block. 5,649 laps around one block. That will drive you fucking crazy. The Volvo Ocean Race. 38,739 nautical miles, nautical miles around the world, crossing four oceans and hitting five continents. So what is this? Is this fucking swimming or what? Volvo Ocean Race. Let's check this one. I have the list here, but I don't have, yeah, this is on boat, so this is more, oh, of course, it's super mental, but it doesn't, and of course, it's physical, too, because you have to keep these boats from, from flipping and drowning. The Plane 100, it's 100 unsupported miles in Washington Cascades. The Patagonian Expedition Race, seven days, 400-plus mile race. Traverse Southern Patagonia by trekking, biking, kayaking, and climbing. Then you have the 6633 Ultra, a self-supported 350-mile race. Just at 23 miles into it, runners cross the Arctic Circle. Fuck everything about that and they have to complete the 350 miles in eight days that is the limit the barkley marathons is a hundred mile unsupported race inspired by a prison a prison escape then you have the dragon's back race over 186 miles it runs the length of wales from north to south i wonder if lawrence griffith's ever did the Dragon's Park race. The Tour Divide from Banff to New Mexico is a 2,745-mile course where the competitors average 170 miles a day. I just watched a little documentary on Courtney DeWalter, who is another badass. If you guys don't know who she is, search her up. Last year, she won the, I think it was the, the Moab 300. She did it in three days, and she finished like 12 hours before uh, any, until the second place came in. And she, yeah, the she finished the Mojave 240 race in two days, nine hours, and 59 minutes. Faster than any of the men in the pack and beating the second place finisher by more than 10 hours. There are tons of documentaries now, like little documentaries, little movies done, inspired by, by Courtney, like, just like following her. Uh, during training under certain races that she's done they're all over youtube her podcast on joe rogan is pretty insane because she talks about her diet and she doesn't have like 
one of these crazy athletes' diets. She eats, she says that she eats nachos, pizza, she drinks beer, she's all chill. It's just about locking into that, the pain cave, how her, um, I think her cross, her skiing coach taught her that about how to focus the mental aspect to just kick ass and she's been doing it ever since it's uh, funny the runnersworld.com website says this is the introduction for an article on Courtney DeWalter Courtney DeWalter is a bit of a badass and then they go to explain the ultra runner won the Moab 240 with a gap of more than 10 hours between her and the second place. So, and if you look at her, she's a pretty unassuming chick. She doesn't even look like a Florence Griffey joiner, uh, jo- right? And, or an athlete that it's built strong. She is skinny, very slender, but she has an Iron Man and iron mind and that's what keeps her going so enough about endurance because i'm already getting tired talking about all these races let's go to emotion first of all let's talk about our basic emotions happiness sadness disgust fear surprise and anger we've all felt them In life, we've all felt them in different situations, different circumstances. And then we have combined or combining emotions, which are amusement, contentment, excitement, embarrassment, relief, pride in achievement, guilt, satisfaction, and shame. We've all felt combining emotions too and I think combining emotions are the ones that prevail the most on a regular like a daily basis and they're the ones that confuse the shit out of us and can lead to a lot of stress anxiety depression especially when we talk about guilt shame embarrassment contentment can really like bring us a little bit down when we can't just feel a basic emotion towards a certain situation or a certain circumstance. When we start combining because we overthink, then we start um, feeling these emotions because I think we put like the rational aspect in it instead of just feeling. We're thinking about how we should feel because this happened, I should feel shameful because I, let's say I got this promotion and I thought maybe Debbie deserved the promotion a little bit more, so why am I getting it? And at the same time, I'm accepting the promotion. I'm not telling my boss, oh, I think Debbie deserves this more than I do. Or it can happen at certain at a jiu-jitsu gym if Maybe you go and get a promotion, you get another stripe on your belt, or you change color of belts, and maybe you feel like you're not at that level, and we start thinking about it too much, 
when a boss gives you a promotion or your jiu-jitsu instructor gives you a promotion, they're the ones observing you every day. They're the ones observing your progress, how much you evolve, how much you change, how much effort you put into your training or your job. So you should not be shamed ashamed because you got that promotion, that change of color of belt. You should be happy for it. You can be surprised, but you shouldn't feel shame. You shouldn't feel embarrassed. Or And once you get to that point, you certainly shouldn't feel content and be like, okay, I'm just going to get complacent with this and I'll stay here at this position. You got now, this is a new opportunity for improving more, learning more, and getting better at everything, whether it is on or off the mats or in and outside of your job. So basically because emotions are such a complex experience of consciousness, of bodily sensation, and behavior that reflects on um, personal significance, right, of things, events, or a state of affairs, it's very hard. They're very hard to deal with, and they could be pretty much sometimes they can just backfire on us and make us feel a certain way. Dr. Joe Dispenza says that emotions are the language of the body, commanded mostly by the heart, and thoughts are the language of the brain. So sometimes we have to tame those emotions with thoughts when we want to change them when we feel that the emotions are negative. So the thoughts can act also as a double-edged sword because you can put too too much thought into something and if you have the tendency to self-loathe and self-deprecate, you're probably going to make yourself uh, open for your body to start just shooting up negative or low energy emotions where you want the high energy emotions, the happiness, the um, surprise, the excitement, all of that. That's what you want. Otherwise, your emotions are going to drag you and drag you. According to um, Aristotle, he said that emotions are those feelings that so change men as to affect their judgments and that are also attended by pain or pleasure such are anger pity fear and the like with their opposites you know one of the things that has been gaining a lot of traction in the last years is is it acceptable the expression of emotion especially when it comes to when we want to try to differentiate it uh, amongst genders right men should be should not be emotional when they're talking especially if they're like public speakers politicians celebrities or people that have a platform they should be super stoic and super 
serious and very um, firm with everything that they say. Men should not break down. And then when women express their emotion, everybody is like, well, you know, they're supposed to. They're the, the weaker sex, so that's how they get themselves noticed, by being emotional. Having kids, and especially having girls, if you don't show your emotions, if you don't shed a tear, if you don't hug your kids, kiss them, tell them how much you love them, every single fucking day of their lives, no matter how they behave, no matter how fussy they get and everything, if you don't tell them that, you are just locking those emotions and those emotions that should be positive emotions that you are showing your kids affection love they can start turning into bitterness and it can turn against the relationship that you have with your kids why because you're not letting that go my kids drive me fucking nuts almost on a daily basis and sometimes I lose it with all the yoga and all the meditation and all the advice that I give about staying calm. Sometimes I lose it because sometimes kids just push it. But there's not one day that before we put the girls to bed, we tell them how much we love them, how proud we are of them, how happy we are that we have them in our lives. And teach them that. You know, right, right now, they, they don't know how to control their emotions. They don't know how to express most of their emotions. And that's why they throw fits. But we do. Adults should know and should manage how to express their emotions and when to express their emotions. But what we're used to seeing men run companies or, you know, job sites with iron fists and everybody says, oh... He runs a tight ship. He's such a great leader. He has a strong character. If women do that, she's a bitch. She's a cunt. Why is she acting like that? When was the last time she got laid? Man, somebody give this lady some love. Give this lady some dick. And that's, that's very, very wrong. Because we cannot be talking about people like that. And we can't differentiate the way that people act and the way that people express their emotions or their character just based on, you know, on the gender uh, differences, on the fact that men have to be strong and stoic and bossy and all this, and women, oh, we have to walk all over them and we have to talk shit about them because they're women and they're just, they're not bad bosses, they're just emotional. And I think that's very, very wrong. And I think we should start changing our ways because I would like to ask the guy that came in second after Courtney the Walter, what were the emotions that he felt once he crossed the line and he didn't see anyone ahead of him and somebody told him, oh, you just got second place. You got beat by a girl and she came in 10 hours ago. I don't know the name of the guy that came in second on that on that race. And it would be like so insanely unfair to say 
anything negative about that guy because you know when was the last time I ran 240 miles in the Moab desert exactly I've never fucking done it I have not the max that I've one time I did 22 miles in one day and I almost died and I was hurting for like two weeks now these cats go and do that shit like once a month It's time to stop being like that. It's time to stop setting certain standards of emotions, of feelings, of character, and of expression in both males and females. I think anybody can express their emotions without having to be judged. When I was preparing this podcast a couple of months ago... I send a couple of messages to people that I respect and admire in the yoga community, in the jiu-jitsu community. And uh, one of the persons that replied to my message, because not uh, everybody did, was Professor Tom DeBlas. He's a black belt jiu-jitsu. And one of the things that he said was, nowadays, it's so much better to be able to express your emotions and it's more acceptable for men and then he's very happy because back in the day when he was a kid or when his father was a kid that was like you you don't cry you're a boy you're a man you do not cry i remember most of my friends had parents or fathers that if they got beat on a fight or they lost to some kid on some sort of competition or whatever, their parents will make them fucking go and fight the kid again. And you cannot cry and don't come back until you win. And tomorrow you better walk in and the first thing you do, you do when you go to school is go and look for Jimmy and fucking kick him in the nuts or punch him in the face and you do not come back home until you come back a winner and a strong man. Fuck that. That's not how we should teach kids. And But that has changed, right? That has changed a long time. I know some people still like to teach their kids that way. I know a lot of people have changed their ways and have embraced like this new age uh, matter of behavior. Some people like to say that that's where success comes from, from a hard um, upbringing, from a tough upbringing. Not necessarily tough love, but abuse. For some people, it's the case because they needed to get out of that situation and they did whatever they had to do to not only get them out of the situation, but maybe their mom and their siblings. For other people, it was just the norm. It was never more of a motivation or less of a motivation or another reason for them to push. In an interview years ago, Liam and Noel Gallagher, the brothers from Oasis, talked about that their their father was a drunk and he would whenever he came home, they knew they were going to get it. Their mom was going to get it. Their brother was going to get it. But every time they went out and talked to their friends, that was like the conversation. Hey, how's your dad? Well, you know, 
he's been gone for three days. He's probably going to show up tonight and beat the shit out of us and then leave again for a week. And it's not any kind of standard that we we would like to promote in any kind of life. But those were the times of, you know, an economic recession in England, Manchester especially. And these kids endured it. Then they started playing music, became one of the best bands in the world. And now they are successful, slightly healthy because they have this love-hate relationship uh, with each other. But in their own words, it never drove him more or less the fact that they had an abusive parent. So I think everybody has to take every situation, every circumstance, and look at it with with their own eyes and say, like, I'm going to use this to improve or I'm going to drag this into my into the upbringing of my kids and if there's one thing that I wouldn't like is to do to my kids or to make my kids go through what I was put through when I was growing up and have them grow with all the insecurities and the self-doubt that I grew up and with that tendency of feeling depressed and worthless because you're always being scrutinized and criticized and being told what to do, what you have to do, this is what you have to do, because that can really mix up all the emotions inside you and create this fucking cocktail of neurotransmitters that will definitely lead you to depression, anxiety, major insecurities, which I drag in my life on the way of how I dealt with certain relationships, uh, sentimental relationships that I lost or that went astray, and I held so tight to the possibility of regaining that relationship because I felt so lost without that person showing me love or appreciation in a way that I never experienced it, and without knowing that that's just the norm of how relationships work. People tell you that they like you, then they kiss you, they have sex with you, they sleep with you, they kind of live with you because you spend so much time together, and then suddenly someone else shows up, they lose interest, you're fighting too much, whatever happens, and the relationship is over. And I was so clingy. So clingy, clingy, clangy to keep those relationships. And it was it was very hard on both parties. Because for me, now I was being rejected. And now I was totally acting like an obsessive jackass towards the other person. Literally begging them to take me back or to give me another chance. Why? Because of how insecure... I thought that that was the best that I could ever, ever, ever have in my life. And until time proved me wrong, and just by changing my ways, modifying my lifestyle, my approach, my self-esteem, and just trying to control and keep my emotions in check, I ran into the person of my life, and now I'm happy as 
pig and shit every day because I, I have a wonderful life that I'm super grateful and not compl- should not complain. You know, there's stresses and there's financial stress and all that kind of shit, but we're healthy. We have two beautiful daughters. We love each other. We support each other. And I think that's very, very important to keep your emotions in check once again. So, like I always do, I'm going to post the set list and the recipe for the eggplant on the social media post that will roll on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. I'm going to start doing the set list now on Spotify. So, you guys, if you like it, you just click on that. You can connect with me on Spotify also. You can do recommendations for the next letters, certain songs that you want or certain bands that you want to listen to, and we can, you know, interact a little bit and talk, talk about emotions, depression, anxiety, talk about yoga, jiu-jitsu, workout, mental health, whatever. Let's, uh, let's get in touch, let's talk, let's, let's try to find ourselves by, while we help other people find themselves. Let's all find ourselves in this medium of love, happiness, and connection that we should be thriving for instead of separation and discrimination and taking sides on one team or one color or one political party. Let's just get together and fix this fucking world. Last word, effort. E-F-F-O-R-T. It's the conscious exertion of power. And don't make fun of ESL. Conscious is the key word here. You must decide to execute, to put the effort towards a task or a goal. To accomplish anything, you must put some effort towards it, especially if it's something valuable to you, if it's something that matters, if it's worth you will find a way to achieve that goal. You must find the motivation to drive yourself and to put in a good effort. The first and hardest effort to put in is the discipline to stick to a plan. So the first thing that you should do is write down your plan so you make yourself accountable for it. Small goals. Small goals don't mean that you're not putting in an effort. Small goals mean that you're putting the effort necessary to accomplish that goal, which you knew you could accomplish easily, to now drive you to try to accomplish or set bigger goals for you. You have to endure through the rough times and keep pushing during the good or the calm times. Don't let those good days be like, Walk in the park, we're all going to have them, but when shit turns rough, that's when you got to push more, put more effort, and do it all, searching inside yourself, searching how much you want this, how bad you want to accomplish this, how much you need this in your life, and how much this is going to change your perspective in life your point of view on certain situations and what matters and what doesn't matter. And at the end, it's when we give 
our all, when we give our best effort, is when we feel the best. So stay out there, pushing, putting a great amount of effort every day. It takes effort to remain patient. It takes effort to remain driven, to stay disciplined, to stay on track. But at the end, every effort that we give, especially when we give it all, it's going to bring us immense rewards. My people, stay good, be good, love, love, and then love some more. Chao, chao.